Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host Sebastian. Uh, hello, hello, oh. uh, and uh, just so you guys know, this was probably the last time you heard me speak on this podcast. <laughs> and because, and today's other co-host, Throwback Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And go Habs, go! <laughs> and you know us. We're just a couple goalies and a goon that have taken too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games and videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So today's podcast is all about the one and only Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the <laughs> the other the other team in Canada. Yeah. The Winnipeg well, it, Jets. It's, it, we we can keep it about the least because it's it's pretty impressive the records they've now set um, for not winning, uh, getting past the first round. Not uh, you know they've now passed surpassed or as soon as this is the playoffs are over right they'll surpass the Rangers for the longest cup drought. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty impressive and um, after the nice big smiles on Matthew's face after I think that was game two or three when Sherratt was trying to ragdoll him and he was grinning that grin was wiped off his face pretty well so impressive <laughs> that it was and I will say that I mentioned this in a previous podcast but the Toronto Maple Leafs have the same amount of series wins as the Atlanta Thrashers since 2004 indeed once again impressive but fun uh, stats but this is all about the Habs man this is all about the Habs Carey Price's unreal performance and your new found passion for Mark Scheifele yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the, the the Leafs first, right? So are we uh, just going to avoid the trigger warning here? Uh, we'll, 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 we'll be hit, we'll be hitting Shifley in a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll get into detail about that afterwards. But, you know, as a Habs fan, I will say that when the first game, um, you know, when Byron scored that goal, which was just awesome, um, you know, down on the ice and flipping it up and over. You know, I was pretty stoked. I'm like, okay, so maybe we've we've got a chance here. And then the Leafs found their game, right? Um, they found their game. What's amazing, though, to me, though, to critique the, the Leafs coach here a bit is when Nylander is your guy that's just lighting it up and he had Price's number, right, for the first so many games, how the hell are you not triple shifting that guy? Um, beyond me. And it's it's the same thing with Spezza, right? Like, why wasn't Spezza out on the ice double shifted at that point? Because he was doing a lot. But then again, you're paying a couple other guys, you know, $10 million a piece. And thank you, Marner, for flipping that puck 500 feet out of the ice to give us a chance <laughs> to, to go, uh, you know, and keep playing. But, but getting back to my one point. So, yeah, it was pretty dejected when we were down 3-1. It just looked like the Habs hadn't. Just no focus, no energy. They just look so dejected. And I was like, this is on the coach now, right? You've got to get these guys recentered back in. The dump and chase just wasn't working at that point. Like we were getting beat to the puck. I'm like, you gotta change this on up. And to be honest with you, my my the biggest criticism I had was Cole Caulfield made an impact game one in the AHL. Now again, it's the AHL, not the NHL, but you score two goals in your first game. You're pretty NHL ready. So he gets he gets to the big show. I know it's three on three. And it's it's just overtime. But he had enough confidence in four games, you know, to to rip a good shot in overtime and read it perfectly. The kids, the full package as far as hockey IQ goes and talent, right? Just size. I'm not even worried about that. So how they didn't put him in game one 
because he started making an impact afterwards. Like, let him get the rust out in game one. What do you care, right? It's game one of a seven-game series. And he's clearly made a huge impact for the Habs and helped shift it around. And now we've got lines that are balanced. So the awesome part about all this is Habs are down 3-1. So game number five. Before we move in from there, though, you can't even forget the fact that they sat Cock and Yemi who literally oh, yeah. was their top scorer yeah. in the playoffs of the year before. Exactly. I mean, I get yeah. the season wasn't the same, but the kids clearly, clearly, and he showed it, got a little bit of swagger in the playoffs. And yeah. honestly, to me, I, to me, Cole Caulfield, maybe game one, I get it. Okay, he's a rookie. You want to get your bets in, get them settled in, you know, get that feeling. Sure, I get that. I'm not 100% on that decision. But however, Kakanyemi's been in this lineup the entire year. Why take him out for that game? It okay, just made I agree. no sense and to me. I, you know, you're you're right. I overlooked that point because now I'm used to him being back and he they can't take him out. But you're right. He's one of those players, right? We see it every single playoff year. You've got guys that just show up for the playoffs, right? They play better in the playoffs. And Cockney Emmy once again gets in. He immediately gets inserted in the lineup. He gets a big goal, right? So I agree with that too. There was just that whole the the whole thing though about going back to vets. The, the league has changed so much, right? They, you know, because I think what Ducharme said about Caulfield was scoring goals in the playoffs is different than in the regular season. Okay, what? Like, does the you magically have to tap the puck three times before you shoot it? Like, what's what's the secret? If the kid's calm, cool, and collective enough to, like, you know, he's he's you look at his resume, right? He's done a lot in his in his short lifetime. So if he can score an overtime winner not once but twice in a row, pretty sure he's playoff ready. Um, but I think the thing is, though, too, you got to think of, and, and I, I agree with you. Like, I think he should, like, honestly, the kid was fire. Um, he's been fire since he got back in the lineup. But the thing is, you got to think of, as a young player, they haven't experienced quite yet that officiating that comes in. And I know people say, oh, the officiating doesn't change. The officiating absolutely changes in the playoffs. Yep. It's completely different. It's a lot easier for a kid to get a little frustrated when he's not getting the calls that he'd be getting that should be 100% be a call. Now, those vets have been there. They've, they've gone through that. They understand, you know, game one usually sets the tone for officiating. If it, I mean, look at the Florida-Tampa series. They were killing each other left, right, and center, and that's exactly how it went for the rest of the series. The refs didn't care. You could punch the guy in the head after a scrum, and it was, okay, guys, that's enough. Keep skating away. If that was a call every single time, then, you know, you, you know what kind of game you have. But before we move on, and this is something that I, I have to ask all Habs fans, and I want your honest-to-God opinion. Mm-hmm. What's your thought on that? And I'm going to say awful because that's my opinion. Awful, awful, awful. A GM should never get involved in it. Call oh, from the, the, bank on the, <laughs> the on the ghost goal interference call. Yeah. Um, but see, that's what I was going back to, too. Remember how I was saying like I didn't have faith in Ducharme at the time because the guys weren't playing around him? It seemed like Bergevin was, you know, still in there, you know you know, meddling around. You just let your coach handle it. It, it was a terrible call. Like I watched, I was like, ah, shoot, we're giving him another power play now, right? It, 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 There wasn't enough there at all. And again, that's the most inconsistent stinking call in the league because we've seen it again. We've seen, a, you know, other examples. I can't think of them off the top of my head of, you know, in the playoffs, clear goalie interference, but it wasn't called this time. I'm like, okay, where's the standard? Just sort of keep these even, right? Because I think the Leafs, though, also had a bad challenge. You know, they challenged the Habs on it because I think it was when Perry scored the goal, um, you know, about goaltender interference. But Campbell wasn't even trying to get back in the net. Like, he was – and he put himself out of the net. Like, that was my whole thing. Like, he tried to make a save, and he wasn't pushed out of his crease. He went out of the blue paint completely on his own. 
And he wasn't even trying to get back in. So that that was another one. I was like, okay, well, that, there was tit for tat on stupid stupidity calls, right? Um, it just didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know too many people that were like, yeah, that was a brilliant call. I think everybody went, oh, God, what are we doing? And I think right there at that point, if we had been eliminated, his job was on the line. Ducharme's job was on the line. Like I we think they told, would have been gone. Yeah, they they were we were we were pegged, and that's what Bergevin said, right? We're built for the playoffs. That's what we're building for is the playoffs. And you know, I, I didn't like that call at all. So now I get to eat crow because you know the next game, right? So interestingly enough, we win one. You know, we we jump back in it, we get some spark, and you could see that it changed them a bit. Then all of a sudden there was this huge commitment to defense and boxing out, right? It could all of a sudden flip the switch like the guys bought into the system. And I was amazed. It's like, holy cow, here we are finally giving Price the support he needs. You know, not a lot of screens and clearing guys out, letting them see the shot, not letting guys get the net, punishing them. Apparently, uh, Matthew's uh, uh, (laughs) agent didn't uh, Twitter enough or tweet enough about um, him getting roughed up. So this time you didn't get protections and the big boys got to smash on him a bit more, which I freaking loved because um, it's playoff hockey. So, um, but so, so yep, you're saying what? that, so, so what I'm hearing is you think that Matthews is a very tough kid. <laughs> He's as tough as a testicle. So, uh, <laughs> so, but, um, but interestingly, so my wife and I, then we go on a five-day trip with our kids to a cabin in Pine Top, Arizona to escape the heat. So I watched the next three games with my wife, who's a Leafs fan, in this cabin. So our rules are you can't rub it into each other. You know, you're you're not supposed to. Like the one thing I did feel bad about was when Marner flipped that puck over the glass. I did yell out, thank you, you moron. Thank you, you moron. Thank you for that gift. And I went, I'm sorry, hon. But she said, no, right. It was a stupid play. I'm like, yeah, OK, glad I didn't get in trouble for that. But I can't help like it's it's in my blood now. When we score, I scream, I fist pump. Um, even when my kids are sleeping, I'm still belting it out. So, you know, as soon as we got, you know, the next one, I was like, holy cow, momentum's on our side now. Like, look at us. You know, we're playing well. You know, guys were committed to their position and the young guys started firing. And that vet line all of a sudden picked up. Right. They just. They, they've been playing great. I never would have thought Armia, Perry, and Stahl would have been so effective together, but man, they're they're good together. So um, so then we're talking, okay, so game six goes by, we win again, and now we're into game seven. And uh, I hear this rumor, Sebastian, that uh, some Habs fans owe you money or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said on this prediction, I said, if the Leaves can take it in six or less, you know, it's their series. 100%, I got it. However, if they were to flip over to Game 7, I, I, I basically I think I guaranteed that the Montreal Canadiens would win that. My prediction clearly came true. You know, I am taking e-transfers, cash, no checks. I don't trust. <laughs> I Listen, I am a French-Canadian. I don't trust checks from you guys, no offense. Uh, but e-transfers, they are open. Just hit me up on Twitter. That was the Bracket Challenge episode. Yeah, It was, yeah. And so... That game, as soon as Gallagher scored, I went, it's ours. Like, as soon as he put that one in, I'm like, okay, it's ours. You know, and to be honest with you guys, I was nervous for each game uh, up until, you know, we were on the brink of elimination. And I was a little bit more relaxed. It was funny. In the Jets series, I was completely relaxed. I wasn't, you know, didn't have any pregame tension. I was kind of 
let's go do this. But um, that game, you know, again, you know, looking at their coach, Nylander gets a goal with a buck 34 left to go, right? Something along those lines. But why aren't you triple shifting him, right? Um, and, you know, I feel bad for Campbell. He didn't play a bad game. You know, that the goal on Gallagher, yeah, it's stoppable, right? But he's on the fly, shooting between a guy's legs, so he's not picking it up clearly. And Chris, five hole goals, not the easiest to stop at times. Like no, it's because you know everybody thinks okay. And I had a goalie coach that taught me this. He's like five holes the hardest one to stop at times because it's really hard to cover that ice completely. And this is before like when I played guys. Remember, I didn't have these nice big pads that sealed the five hole. They they didn't. You literally had to try to squeeze your legs together, which hurt like hell. Um, but they were the hardest to stop. So and when this that was before shot... they even wore masks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that explains why I'm so pretty. So, uh, so yeah, the, uh, you know, so it wasn't like Campbell was beating himself up. I'm like, you played a good series, man. Like you played good hockey. And I'm not so biased. Like I, I don't like Matthews because he was getting all cocky, right? And he hid behind his agent. So if you're gonna smile, you're gonna get no scrums. Drop the gloves, big boy. Let him go. You want to be cocky? Drop him. There was lots of guys smaller than Weber, Sherratt that wanted a piece of you, and you didn't want to do it. So that's my take there on Matthews. But you know, I feel horrible though too. Like I'll take a step back. Like the, the, the Tavares injury, I was sick to my stomach. Oh, that and was even, ugly. Even when we won that game, I still. You know, it was just that one you you couldn't really celebrate too hard, right? Like I wanted the Leafs full on. Like I didn't want any excuses, right? You always want to play their best roster. And that injury, though, you know, had me sick to my stomach. Like I'll rag on him all day long, you know, call him pajama boy and everything else like the Islanders fans do. But he's a talented player. And that, you know, really did hurt their chances. And it was a freak accident. Now, the people that were freaking out like accidental on purpose, Corey Perry knows the guy personally. Like if he really wanted to destroy him with a knee, he could have just leaned right into it and blasted him and still not gotten anything, right? Can I chime in here? Yeah. I will say, like, okay, so I was watching that live too, and then when that came through, I was in a hotel room and I was like, Oh, that's like I can't stand Tavares. He's probably my least favorite one of my least favorite players in the league, but that I didn't want to see that happen. That was just ugly. And I have to say Maple Leafs, you lost it there when you decided to go after Perry when you knew it was complete accidents. Like, oh, we just got to take care of it and get it out of the way. No, you don't. Why, 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 why attack Perry? There was legitimately no reason for Perry to have to drop the gloves there. It was an awkward play. He clearly didn't mean to do it. And I just thought it was, I think that actually took the wind out of their sails. Not losing Tavares, but just go after Perry for that. A clearly accident on the hit. That had no class, none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it, it it bothered me too. Like, and of all the things too. So I'll speak about Felino on this one. The guy who has the audacity to call out Sidney Crosby and say he'd rather Ovechkin on his team. What have you done? <laughs> you don't even have a quarter of Sidney Crosby's resume. Grab the pine there, chum. Grab the pine. That was your most effective shift. There was fighting Perry, who didn't need you didn't need to fight. It was stupid. Like there's, there was no code. You, you accidentally injure somebody. You got to go. That's the stupidest thing, right? Yeah, makes so, no sense. It, you know, and so that the Habs, you know, had a beef with the guy that clipped, you know, Price on the head. But Price even came back and said, like, he wasn't trying to, you know, that to cause this concussion. He was just skating by him, right? And it happens. 
But, you know, I'm a firm believer. If anybody breathes on your goalie, you should be breaking your stick off <laughs> up his – and we'll leave that one so you don't have to beep it. But you never go near a goalie, right? But it was accidental. So I, was, I wasn't I was happy that it wasn't called. But I was actually more pissed at the announcers afterwards. And, again, CBC, I'm calling you out. You guys suck right now. So biased. But even on that play right there, oh, I uh, barely grazed him. Oh, shut up. He, he hit him hard enough to snap his head back, right? So just call it as it is. Like, it wasn't on purpose, but then don't sugarcoat it on the other side. So they can they can go flying F off. Um, and see, I censored myself there. Uh, that in the Toronto Sports Network. Because what I'm loving right now, too, are the little montages of them, <laughs> you know, hearing all these Leaf experts telling me how crushed that is, how, how crushed they were. They'll never stand a chance. Craig Button, retire. Retire, Craig Button. You are useless useless <laughs> Craig Button useless so you guys have seen that clip of him laughing that stupid thing that he did with on I don't know even what it was through TSN that the Habs have no chance in hell blah 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 laughing mocking well Button you suck all right so but back to the you know it was the Leaf series they they had us down but the Habs battled back so um, but it just made it that much awkward. Here I am celebrating while well, my wife's team once again failed to get past the first round. Um, so yeah, a little awkward um, in a cabin, my kids around, and I'm trying not to smile too much. So um, Winnipeg, you know, <laughs> Winnipeg. Um, Let's just jump I, right into Game One's ending, man. Well, we no, well, well first, of well, first we'll say this about it, right? I did not was not predicting a sweep by the Habs, not even by a long shot. Nope. I thought this was going to be a grind out series. I'd pick the Habs in six, um, but I said how important that first game was. Like the, the Habs need that first game. Just go into their building, shut it down, get that first win. So they played well again. Hellebuck played again another series. Hellebuck played incredible. Like he was really good. Um, just the Habs you know, we're opportunistic, right? Um, but the first game, I'm loving it. Everything's going great. Evans, who has a history of concussions at his young age, he goes, reads the play perfectly, sees that puck getting iced down, right? And he takes off. And I'm like, holy cow, he's going to wrap it. He's going to get there that quick where he can wrap it on up. And I wasn't expecting anything. Like I was expecting a guy to come diving in and trying to take the net off, right? A sweeping stick, something along those lines. And then that hit. I went from this feeling of just, pure joy and was into that game and happiness and the life got sucked out of me and i couldn't even react to the hit itself at first because i was watching evans motionless after watching his head smash the ice and felt like i was going to vomit and then the anger hit after i saw the friggin hit shifley fuck you fuck you you whiny piece of shit, complete fuck you Trigger. you <laughs> And, and and first, like, there was no, there was nothing to the injured player on the ice. Now, I'll take a step back and say, Ehlers, class act, buddy. Yeah. Way to go. You protected a down man. Good for you, man. And in and, and my books, you're, you're gold, Ehlers. There, you're there gold. is one thing I do want to add to that. Like, I do agree with that. Like, I think what he did, that was wicked. I mean, yeah. that shows class. And the other thing, too, and I think, I don't think there was enough publicity on this one was, also, if you watch that first lineman to go in, his job is to grab guys out of that pile. He doesn't care what his job is at that point. But I think what that line's been did, going in there and basically saying, screw it, I don't care, this is my job, I'm here to protect this kid that's laying on the ice. Again, and Ehlers going in on top, I think that was awesome. But anyways, go please go back to your triggeredness because I'm enjoying the hell out of oh, this. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so it doesn't take much back because, okay, so and I will say this like everybody else, fans going after, you know, the, him, him being bullied, and him, f*** you. 
<laughs> you, yeah, that was crap. You, Don't bully his family. That's, yeah, yeah that's no, no, so his family. Sad. But he was saying about himself getting bullied. Okay, He laid a hit, didn't apologize, showed no remorse. Again, f*** you. You weren't even going for the puck. F*** you. Now, his hey, family, hey. off limits. Don't ever go after anybody's family. They had nothing to do with that. Zero to do with that. You know, so you dev- never go after that. And at his own personal home, leave him alone. Like, don't do crap like that. If he's out in public, leave him alone. You know, if he's walking into the arena, yeah, yeah, chirp him. Because I'm going to chirp him. When he's when he's playing the Coyotes, I will be chirping him. <laughs> I will make a point to go to a game where he's going to be again and keep chirping him. Because he's earned it. Because that whole thing coming back that, the you know, that uh, Deneau didn't, you know, uh, didn't, he was expect you know, if Deneau had eliminated him from the playoffs, he could handle it. But the player safety did. Dude, you should have got the Rafi Torres suspension because you're still saying that you were trying to play the puck. If you extended your stick and reached, you had a chance at playing the puck. But by the time you actually hit him, that puck was in the net. He was unsuspecting and you freaking clocked him on the world's longest charge from a blue line to the goal line. And he leapt. And he finished it off through his head, leaving his feet. And Evans has had a concussion before, right? So it's just like, again, it's mind boggling. Like, I feel so bad for that young kid who's been, he gets in the, he, he's one of those players you love. Like he's not quite Gallagher, but he's Gallagher-esque. He'll get in those scrums. He'll go into the tight spots. He'll take a hard hit to make a play. So they're the players you have respect for, and that's not a hockey play, you know? It's not a hockey play, so I don't want to hear that stuff. So one more time, Shafley, you're a piece of repeating sh. You. It's like we said, you know, poor guy. You know, the the Department of Player Safety shut him down, and he felt the suspension was pretty excessive. <laughs> so Seabass looked it up because it was like Torres got what? I 50 games at it was 41. Like 41 or 40? Yeah, 41 games. 41 game suspension he got for the hit on Hosa. Late hit, like he did go up through. But let's remember back at that time, this is when these hits were first starting to be, be protected. And you saw in the league that season hits that were even worse than that that didn't get suspensions, right? But he took out Hosa, big name player, right? So if we reverse this, let's just say um, this was Yoel Armia. He can throw a pretty good check. He's a big boy. Barreling down the ice, okay? And he plants into Ehlers that way, knocks him out. I guarantee you the suspension was going to be more. I'll guarantee it. And if it's a if it's a big name player, let's say that was Sidney Crosby that got laid out again with a bad concussion, that guy's going to get almost tossed from the league. So yeah, say that was Kadri on Crosby. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, Kadri would have been gone for he would have got a Rafi Torres, right? He would have got a Rafi Torres, absolutely. So player safety is a joke. So I'll say that to Paris, you're you're. A f- joke too like it was, it was it was apparent all season long whoa, 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 some come of on. Your... Do, you, do you expect him to suspend his friends come on now <laughs> that's not his job that's excessive like why would you suspend your friends yeah you don't you don't yeah. keep friends when you suspend them well uh, you know what and here's conspiracy theory that somebody threw out at me and i went well it kind of makes some sense you know peros was part of that group that was suing the nhl because of concussion issues right and this is why I'm so hard on Peros, because Peros, I watched that game where Colt Noor punched him. He lost his balance and smashed his head on the ice and was out cold, right? Another time when you're just sick into your stomach. And you hoped somebody that went through such an injury or like that would be like this kind of stuff. The impact of the head has to stop. <laughs> yeah, okay, Peros. <laughs> Every brain cell you had was knocked out of you when that when you hit the ice. You got no spine for the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. 
you know, as far as hockey players go. The guy's a beast. He's huge. But you, you can't protect the players playing the game. Like, there are going to be, you know, accidental hits that are going to happen, right? It's it's going to happen. But the blatant injury things, man, they drive me nuts. So, you know, the, the funny one, though, is uh, the Matthew Barzell spear that all of a sudden, they, apparently it did not hit him in the groin. It did hit him in the gut. But it's funny. He got a five-minute penalty, right? And it gets walked back to a two-minute slash. I, I don't know, boys. I didn't think digging your stick into a guy's gut was a slash. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. That's the, that's a joke of those type of calls. But the the Jets series, the Habs just played a really good, again, defense first mentality and try to counter punch. And there was times they were outplayed. That's why you have Price in it, right? And Price, after he only let in one bad goal that I'll criticize him for in that Jets series, it's the one glove one, right? He whiffed, but he's allowed to have one of those in a four-game series, right? Or a seven-game series. So I was like, whatever, as long as he makes the next big save, I'm cool with it. And you can even see the look on his face. He's like, oh, come on, right? Just like Marc-Andre Fleury the other night, though. <laughs> the over-the-shoulder. Like, 0.8 seconds left. Hey, so do you remember that, Chris? The the yeah. old combined blocker glove save. Remember that yeah. big move they used to do? Yeah. <laughs> Along with the skate save. Two yeah. of the most useless motions in hockey for goaltending. But it was yeah. huge in the 70s. Uh, he didn't even do that. And, you know, I love Flower. He's one of my favorite goalies. He's uh, my boy. But... That right there was like, dude, what are you do? All you had to do is shrug your shoulder. Because what I give Flurry the most credit for, because he did it even in the last game. Um, McKinnon's coming down. Flurry just outweights him. He just stands and lets the puck hit him now. Because it's brilliant, right? If you're gonna drop, it's gonna go over your shoulder. So he just goes. They're not gonna shoot five hole. So he stands up tall and it hits him in the shoulder. And that's all you had to do on that one. But it's okay, so Flurry. You know you like to keep it interesting. <laughs> so let's jump right into the next series, man. What are you expecting with Vegas? So I'll say this right now. I'll be blatantly honest. Montreal screwed up everybody's brackets. I had Toronto beating them. Then I'm like, oh, they're facing Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg will take them out. I've shifted gears. Now, at the beginning of the season, you all remember we did that episode. Uh, I picked the Islanders to beat the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's awesome. Those two, you know, two of the four teams left. However, at this point, watching the way teams are playing, I think it's going to be a Montreal-Tampa series. And I'm calling this for Montreal. But got to face Vegas next Definitely, definitely a tough, tough squad. What are you expecting out of the Vegas Montreal series? Well, the one thing I want to address, because I love hearing stuff like this, is that this Canadian division was magically weak. We go back one playoff season, right? The Jets made it. The Flames made it. The Canucks made it. The Habs made it. I know there was play-in stuff too, right, guys? But they all made it. And in the Vancouver Canucks went pretty deep. They played. It was the Dallas Stars that eliminated them, correct? I think so, yeah. Then in the yeah. second round? Uh, yeah, second round. I think they, they faced the Stars, and that's the Stars went on. So, Because I think the first round, the Canucks took out the – didn't the Canucks take out the Golden Knights? Wasn't it that? No, the, they, uh, the Golden Knights were taken out by Dallas in the third. Oh, that's right. Okay, so – but anyway, so, I, you know, my memory of that's not so great right now. But the, the Canucks had a good run. The Canucks have a good hockey team. They got – the Habs were started off in a hot season, right? And COVID – well, co- yeah, COVID brutalized that poor team. But they had a rough go at it. The Calgary Flames, I, you guys remember, I predicted them to go really far. It was a team that was just so awkward. Like, they would look brilliant one game and then crap the next. I don't think any of the teams in a Canadian division, like those Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have been stealing games of the West, left, right, and center. It, that's my opinion, because they're a good, young, talented team. This crap about a Canadian division being weak, oh, shut up. You know, shut up. You know, enough of that crap. Like I was, I keep hearing that. I just keep eye rolling like, oh, you guys and your narratives that 
you know, some idiot from TSN or some other stupid sports work, you know, spouts it off and all of a sudden it becomes gospel. Well, we know all that works for those guys. I'm predicting Habs in six because what I noticed about the Avalanche and Golden Knights defense was not... (laughs) was not a priority. There was lots of extra chances. The Knights did a better job, but Fleury was giving up a lot of rebounds, and that's what the Habs like to pry on, right? They like to get that puck in and play for those rebounds. Uh, the Habs have more more talent for ripping the shot, like McKinnon, um, which in my opinion, by the way, I'm equating McKinnon to Ovechkin. Stop trying to do so much by yourself. Once you learn to sit back trust your teammates more you'll be a way better weapon because Ovechkin was the caps were easy to eliminate until Ovechkin bought into that right and that's how they got a cup because Ovechkin eventually bought in now I don't think McKinnon's quite as extreme as Ovechkin was but the dude's talented as all hell but why are you trying to beat three four guys all the time yourself right save a little bit of that energy for late in the game and let your boys catch back on up and feed them the puck. That was my opinion when I watched that series because there wasn't many games I missed, guys, because I was trying to watch it all. And especially I'd watch the extended highlights so I get a good idea. The Knights will be successful if they can keep clicking because what's always hurt them, right, is a march is so going dry and their big score is going dry. The Habs are going to do what they're doing to every team. They're going to sign lines to specific guys and try to shut them down. Now, they do have more depth. Uh, see, I wouldn't even say this. The Leafs had a ton of depth. With, unfortunately, Tavares injured, but if, it, if Tavares is in there, they have about the equal amount of depth. But the Leafs still had a lot of good forwards, right? So we were able to shut them down. So it's going to be that similar approach. Overall, I think the Habs have a win, winning record overall versus the Golden Knights. I think they've only beaten us once. So I'm, pre- I'm predicting Habs in six. But at this point, to be honest with you guys, like, you know, I, I had predicted the Habs abs in the finals with the abs squeaking, squeaking us out. Um, but I'm just damn proud of this team because battling back from a 3-1 deficit and then gelling together now and having that, it's it's been, it's been good for me to watch. So watching a team play as a team. And guys, I'm excited for Cole Caulfield, Toffoli. Great guy, Toffoli. Kerry what Price, a, what a postseason Toffoli's had. Well, yeah, and, and you know what? And they were they were all commenting on him. He's quiet. He's got to get involved, blah, 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 blah. And he's gotten a few big clutch goals again, right? So yeah. uh, like that last goal... Like the overtime one, Caulfield on over. Like, like I watched that 10 times in a row and I could have just kept watching it because I was like, you know, Caulfield just like how he pulled that puck out and was just waiting for it to trickle out. Right. He watched what a it. What a setup. What a and, setup. And, 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 you know, to me, like, I don't know, guys, because I'm, I'm a goalie. Right. So but in my opinion, it's like he was trying to sell it like that puck was still trapped. So nobody would come to him. Right. Like he pulled it out slowly. He waited. And as soon as it was out, boom, boom. Like right on the stick of Toffoli, right? And then it's in the net. I was like, holy cow. Like, like I just thought it, like maybe it wasn't planned. But if it was, man, great deception. Well, we got Carey Price. And when Price is locked in, he's damn tough to beat. Flurry's a hell of a goalie too. So we're just going to sit there and see. Like really, the first two games are huge. The Habs have to steal one of these. They have to steal one right out of Vegas. Um, I'm going to try my damnedest to try to get there. It's going to be some great series for sure. We're really looking forward to Vegas and Montreal and the Islanders and Tampa. It's literally last year's playoffs repeated with, you know, Montreal replacing Dallas. That's we're, we're getting three of the same teams that were in the conference finals last year. So it'll be a, it'll be a hell of a conference finals. Really stoked. And hey, everyone listening, that Montreal game is tonight. Get ready for it. That Montreal game is tonight. That said, Steve, thanks for jumping back on the podcast and giving us some feedback. Oh, appreciate being back on, boys.
All right, and Sebastian, thanks for jumping back on again. Hey, keep your heads up and your sticks on the ice. And uh, we're Pigeon Hockey, and until then, we'll catch you next time.